Tuesday strikes again, and it's November 24th, 2020. With only two days left until Thanksgiving, this is a reminder there are now 30 shopping days left before Christmas. That's just one fact you'll learn on this installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Local Energy Alliance Program, your local energy nonprofit, wants to help you lower your energy bills, make your home more comfortable, and save energy. Schedule your home energy checkup to get started. Now only $45 for City of Charlottesville and Albemarle County residents. You'll receive energy-saving products and expert advice customized to your needs. Sign up today. The number of COVID cases in Virginia continues to rise, with the seven-day average of new daily cases rising to 2,403 today, based on a one-day count today of 2,544. That's the same one-day total from November 20th, tying the one-day record. The seven-day average for new positive tests has risen to 7.4% statewide, up from 7.2% yesterday. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 37 new cases, bringing the seven-day average for new daily cases to 38. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper yesterday announced new mask requirements due to rising cases in that state. We've passed the grim benchmark of losing more than 5,000 North Carolinians to COVID-19. We hold each of them in our memories. They will not be forgotten. This Thanksgiving week, our state and the country are reporting record high case numbers and hospitalizations. The new mask requirement goes into effect at 5 p.m. tomorrow in North Carolina. People must wear masks in all indoor settings. Previously, the requirement only applied to businesses. I have a stark warning for North Carolinians today. We are in danger. This is a pivotal moment in our fight against the coronavirus. Our actions now will determine the fate of many. Hat tip to the newsletter, Raleigh Convergence, for the information. Check them out if you are in Wake County, North Carolina. I learned about them through the local independent online news publishers group. The consultant team hired to write up an affordable housing plan for Charlottesville and to complete the locality's comprehensive plan update has not had as much public feedback as it did in a survey cycle earlier this year. Jennifer Koch is with the firm Roadside and Harwell. We, you know, in the first round, um, for taking the survey, for example, we got 1,100 responses to that. Uh, We've seen about 100 responses so far to the survey uh, at this point. However, Koch said this time around, participants are being asked to comment on draft materials. Feedback is being taken through December 2nd. The steering committee that is reviewing the work met last night to review the high-level principles of the affordable housing plan, which includes an aspirational $10 million a year commitment in city funding for affordable housing projects. Sarah Kirk is with the firm HRNA, a subcontractor hired to produce the affordable housing plan. Uh, those are racial equity, regional collaboration, so collaboration particularly within the urban ring, but we're talking about opportunities to collaborate with Albemarle County, with other other regional jurisdictions, with UVA to jointly address affordable housing challenges. <clears throat> and we talk about the need for a comprehensive approach. So thinking not just about using land use or a subsidy, but using both as well as tenants' rights to the extent that the city can advance tenants' rights. On the notion of regional cooperation, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is already spearheading a regional affordable housing partnership 
and is administering the state's COVID-related rental and mortgage relief program. On March 10th, UVA President Jim Ryan announced that up to 1,500 new units would be built on land controlled by UVA or its real estate foundation. We're following up on that announcement. Much of the conversation at the steering committee meeting dealt with that recommendation of $10 million in dedicated annual funding. Phil Cash is with HRNA. We think consistency is key here, having a expected level of impact. One, so the city can build its systems and lay plans around this. Also, so you know, nonprofit partners, CRHA, all the entire ecosystem, affordable housing can build, build and scale up the capacity to deploy this money effectively. In the past two months, council has finalized two major agreements. That includes $3 million in funding for the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority for the Crescent Halls renovation and new units at South First Street, and about $5.5 million in funding for the first phase of the Friendship Court redevelopment being undertaken by the Piedmont Housing Alliance. One councillor made this brief comment. And I'm just going to say that we have to be realistic. That's City Councillor Heather Hill. The city is currently facing the limits of its borrowing capacity. The panel also discussed the role of home ownership in the affordable housing plan. We'll have more from that topic in a newsletter coming up later this week. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority met last night for its monthly meeting. Executive Director John Sales said that for the first time in a long while, the vast majority of tenants no longer owe back rent thanks to an $80,000 payment from city council out of its share of CARES Act funding. It is like probably the first time in probably 15 or 20 years that the account balances are at zero. Two families that do have account balances are working out a payment plan with CRHA officials as part of a new eviction abatement program. Speaking of the two CRHA development projects, the city has issued building permits for both Crescent Halls and the South First Street Phase 1. Dave Norris is the CRHA's redevelopment director, and he said that now the next step is to complete financing. We've cleared those hurdles, which, are, which is huge. And so uh, once we have closed on the projects, uh, we'll be able to get started on the construction side. Norris said they are aiming for a mid-December date to close the financing deal, which includes the $3 million in city payments, as well as low-income housing tax credits. Uh, And that's mostly due to sort of a last-minute delay caused by uh, some bureaucratic uh, issues with HUD, but we're working through them. Planning for a second phase of redevelopment at Phase 2 has been taking place all year, and Norris said work has begun to get HUD-required paperwork done in advance. Negotiations between the general contractor are underway to ensure that at least some residents can be hired for the construction through a process known as Section 3. Part of that conversation involves um, getting a little bit more specific on their Section 3 hiring commitments so that our Section 3 coordinator, Joy Johnson, has a clearer idea of exactly how many, or at least roughly how many positions and what kinds of skills and trades that they're looking to hire from among the, uh, I guess, over 80 people now that she has in the pipeline for Section 3 employment. The CRHA board will next meet in January. Today in meetings, the Albemarle Planning Commission will meet at 6 p.m. and will hold a public hearing for a special use permit for outdoor displays at a former restaurant in the Rio 29 intersection that is being converted into a car dealership. They'll also take action on an altered form of the Breezy Hill subdivision in the village of Rivanna. 
Southern development has lowered the total number of units from 160 to 130 to try to assuage opposition from the Planning Commission and nearby residents. In other meetings, Charlottesville's Police Civilian Review Board meets at 5 p.m. And if you have questions about the Seville Plans Together initiative, the consultant is holding office hours to answer questions and take feedback beginning at 5.30 p.m. And that's it for this edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. This one came out a little later than I wanted to, but I wanted to get the quote from uh, the governor of North Carolina in it, and I think that you'll understand. This is a program that is uh, created for you and created for the community. And if you are interested in supporting it in any way, the best thing you can do today is to send it along to somebody who you think might benefit from the information. You can also go back and look through the archive. If you sign up for free, all of the archives going back to the middle of July are open to the public. If you really want to take a deep dive and see some of my longer form stories, take a look at infoseville.com. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow for another installment. In the meantime, stay safe out there, follow the rules, wear your mask, and generally, let's get through this. 